JBFE Studios is the Jade Motel Football Experience. And now here's your host, Jake Botel. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Football Experience. A pleasure as always to have your company on the show and we get to welcome you in today to the first of our weekly NFL picks and previews show or previews and picks. I think picks and previews rolls off the tongue. Uh, and privileged to be joined by my weekly co-hosts on this episode. It's uh, the great Oklahoman himself, Mr. David Vaughan. How are you, David? I am most excellent. How are things for you? I'm really, really well. Hoping that the internet stays together. It's a weird day for technology down here. But everything's going to be fine. Crossing fingers, crossing toes, crossing eyes. Uh, and speaking of being down under, we've got the bearded wonder from down under, Minnesota. Jack, how are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to get into our picks. It's going to be an interesting season. So, uh, yeah, let's get stuck into it. Let's please get into it now. Just we're going to do um, as a bit of housekeeping. We've already, uh, you will already know the result of the Chiefs and Texans game uh, by the time you listen to this, most likely. So, uh, for the record, David took the Texans and Jack and I took the Chiefs. So, you can either love us or hate us, depending on uh, how that game played out, uh, respect us or disrespect us. Uh, and Another quick bit of housekeeping here. The great Oklahoman made an excellent suggestion, which was we're going to do our picks. So we're going to pick a result for you uh, for each game on the NFL calendar as we go through week by week. And to add a little spice to the mix, we're going to rank our picks in terms of certainty from 16 being our most certain to one. Uh, so, We'll get, we earn 16 points if we get our most certain pick, get eight points if we get our eighth most certain pick, but we lose the corresponding amount of points if we get that pick wrong. So if your most certain pick of the week loses, you get minus 16 points on the season. So just thought I'd clear that up. I love that as a suggestion. Add some spice, mm -hmm. add some flavor. And we're going to start. If you guys are ready, you boys ready to pick it up. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Go. All right, let's get into it. The first NFL picks and previews show. We start with the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Early game in the afternoon for US viewers on a Sunday, 3 a.m. Monday morning uh, for the Aussie listeners. The Eagles were pushed both times by the football team last season, earning 32 and 27 and 37 and 27 victories. Carson Wentz played some of his best football in those games, combining for 58 of 82 for 579 yards, six touchdowns and zero interceptions. For the football team, it was Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, uh, who was a key piece in both games, catching 10 passes for 255 yards and two TDs across both matchups. 
Can the Eagles placate the injury snake that keeps biting them in the butt and return to deep playoff relevancy? Can the football team rise from the ashes and create a better team as a result of creating a better organization? Dwayne Haskins is on the clock as we head into uh, 2020. He might he needs this opportunity to prove himself as a quarterback or he might end up Josh Rosen out the door by a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields type. I'll throw to you, David, your thoughts on this game and your pick. All right. So uh, you guys are both aware. I'm, I'm quasi high on the Eagles. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I do think that they're going to be competitive. I think that they're, Certainly a 500 or better squad. Um, stability, I think, with them is the name of the game. The Washington football team, I don't know if I can remember an organization ever that has had a harder offseason than the Washington football team. And they just, you know, it just seemed like every other week there was negative news and bad news coming at them. Uh, not only just from the player personnel side, but just in every aspect and they're just they're, they're in trouble. The one piece of good news that they did get is they got Alex Smith back. And I do feel like if he's healthy and can gain confidence in that leg, I think he's going to be pretty good. And he, he alone may be enough to, to somewhat resurrect their season. They're not a playoff team, even with, even with him healthy. But I, I, I feel like he could make them better. Uh, I just don't see them winning this game I've got the Eagles winning 31 to 20 and I've got 15 confidence points on that I'm fairly certain that the Eagles are going to win that game nice I like it I like it a lot Jack any thoughts and your pick mm. so I think there's something to the fact that like you said Jake both games that they played each other in that the Washington football team really pushed them um, didn't get the win but pushed them I think that that shows that the matchups that we have will not be, as, uh, not be as easy for the Eagles, um, but I still think they're a much, much better football team all the way around. I think Washington, they are my reluctant pick in my team draft. I do have them uh, on my side, and I think that they will find a bit of a groove, but not for a little while. I think for the first few games, they're going to look a bit messy. It's going to be a little bit tough, and I think that the Eagles are going to win this one fairly easily, but I think they're going to show signs. Um, that they'll improve on on the season. So, so I am going with the Eagles, but I've only given them eight confidence, confidence points. I think that it's, I think the Eagles are going to win, but I think there's a chance that Washington comes out of the gate strong. And so I don't want to put them too high. I'm going to go conservative on this one. Yeah. And look, I think there's definitely something to be said that the offense, it was Case Keenum in week one that I believe threw for over 350 yards in that game. Uh, so they put up 27 points against the Eagles week one and put up 27 points against them in week 15. So it was a pretty consistent offensive effort. And a lot of that offense does return. Obviously, Adrian Peterson's gone, but there's some interesting stuff there with Antonio Gibson. I think Terry McLaurin is a really, really good wide receiver. Um, like mm. really, really good. Um, I, however, I'm quasi high on the Eagles as well with David. Uh, I think this is, there's, there's just too much quality regardless of how snake bit they are. They are going to be a 500 or better team. Uh, I've got the Eagles winning this probably like something like 27 to 17. And I've got that at a 13 confidence in my picks this week. We roll it forward. 
down to Foxborough. The Miami Dolphins visiting the New England Patriots. Uh, two games of contrasting fortunes last season. The Patriots destroyed the Dolphins in their first matchup. Uh, Miami gained just 11 first downs to the Patriots 27 as New England ran riot 43 to nothing. Brady linking up with Antonio Brown, who was newly acquired. I believe that might have been his only game in uh, Patriots colors, perhaps one or two games he played for them. But then the Dolphins took revenge on New England in week 17 as Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 320 yards and a touchdown and rushed for one other score. Point of interest, he was the Dolphins' leading rusher in yards and rushing touchdowns in 2019. Uh, Ryan sounds like me and Madden. Yeah, Fitz magic, working all sorts of things. And that loss sent the Patriots tumbling out of a first round bye uh, with a 27 to 24 upset at home in New England. Obviously, 2020, the wheel has turned. Obviously, Brady's gone. I'm more interested to see how this New England defense copes with the loss of Donta Hightower, Patrick Chung, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Jerron Harmon and Danny Shelton and Elandon Roberts. That's a lot to lose on defense for a defense that was, you know, top three in the league last season. I know you've got Belichick, but it's still a lot of talent to lose uh, so close to the start of the season. Jack, I'll throw to you first on this one. Any thoughts coming into this game and obviously your pick? Mm. My thought is we're going to see the Cam Newton show. I think we're going to see Cam Newton come out the gate really strong. I think he's going to show everyone that, you know, he's not, how he was in his MVP season, but he's going to be really good. Um, so I, th- I think the Patriots are going to play really well. The, the Dolphins, uh, they showed some signs and obviously they beat them in this, in their last matchup, but I still think that the Patriots are an overall better team. I think they have a better offense. And even though they've lost a lot in their defense, I still think their defense has some stars, you know, Gilmore's a big one that's really going to show up. And of course it's Bill Belichick. And I, I think we can't, doubt him even without Brady I think Belichick is just as important to the Patriots as Brady was if not more so so I think I think the Patriots are going to win this one pretty easily and so I would normally give them a higher confidence point like a 13 or a 14 but I can't forget that Miami did beat them pretty well in this last game and not like the Patriots had already secured that first round by and went, okay, we're just going to play a few, you know, second players and we're just going to go ahead. It was so crucial. And yet they dropped the ball and Miami had nothing to play for. It just, they they were doing it just for fun. And I I cannot deny that. So for that reason, I'm actually not as confident that the Patriots are going to win as I would normally be. So I'm only going to give them nine confidence points. I think they're going to win. I'm fairly confident, but I just, I can't ignore the fact that they lost so badly. Not, but not that the score was too blown out, but the fact that it's Miami and they could have secured a first round bye and they lost. That's, that's pretty bad. So I think, I think, yeah, Patriots win pretty comfortably, but uh, can't count out Miami. David thoughts, your picks. Um. I don't know uh, how many people are willing to bet against Bill Belichick. You know, that, that's the thing is ultimately the mastermind is still there. Uh, Cam Newton, we know, is a tremendous talent. Um, 
They still have a number of offensive weapons. Uh, I, I, I like Sonny Michelle. I do. Uh, I think, you know, I've, I, I, I think that, that they've got a solid running game. Uh, I feel like where New England is going to be hurt is on the defense. Uh, you mentioned all of those losses on the defensive end, and, and, and several of those are all pro. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's going to hurt. And um, Miami is bringing back a lot of pieces. And, um, you know, Fitzmagic is going to do what Fitz, Fitzmagic does. And, you know, he, he brings, you know, and I think, I think you, you nailed it when you said he brings an element of fun and relaxation to the game. He doesn't ever really get too rattled. And so, you know, you, you kind of know what you're going to get. I mean, he's never going to be that elite level quarterback, but he's good enough that, you know, he's going to keep him in it. And what I'm curious to see is how the Patriots handle a close game at home in week one in a new era. Mm. And my guess is that they're not going to handle it well. So I have Miami defeating New England 31 to 24. And I have five confidence points on that because I'm hedging my bets. <laughs> yeah, I had, I, I had this as a, uh, as a close one too. I've got the Patriots winning 24 to 21. Um, just that fits the fits magic factor. And, and I think it's so much to lose on defense. I think the sneaky factor is what this Patriots offense looks like. Um, heard some things that the, the line, the offensive linemen were running some stuff uh, to, to help with the option. So there's obviously some, some idea out there that they might run uh, some option stuff with Cam Newton. And I, yeah, I just wonder if, if the uh, offense comes out and makes a sneaky statement, but I, but I think the dolphins are in this up to their necks. Absolutely. We spin North, North, yeah, <laughs> to uh, to Minnesota, where the Green Bay Packers travel to take on the Vikings. Uh, two games last season between these divisional foes, and say what you want about Matt Lafleur's Packers, but they owned the NFC North in 2019, going six and zero in divisional play. That included 21 to 16 and 23 to 10 victories over Minnesota. So close games. But these were games where the Vikings were shut out in four of the eight quarters. Packers were ultimately found wanting against the 49ers run game uh, in both the regular season and the playoffs. The Vikings were dispatched by San Francisco as well after an overtime win in New Orleans. Now, the, the big point for me, and I know it's a, a, a dead horse that keeps getting flogged, but for me, the dead horse still has some life particularly in division here. Now, Kirk Cousins made an absolutely clutch throw to seal the deal against the Saints last season. There's zero doubting that. I think that was an excellent throw in a, in a really important spot. But in two games against Green Bay last season, Cousins went 30 of 63 for just 352 yards with two touchdowns, three interceptions, and two fumbles. Now, while Rodgers wasn't at his best in those games either, that's what makes it all the more frustrating that the Vikings weren't even able to halve these contests because that would have put them legitimately in with a chance of taking the division and, you know, possibly competing for a buy or home field advantage. Um, especially in game one, Dalvin Cook rushed for 154 yards off 20 carries with one touchdown and carried the bulk of the offense. Minnesota Jack, I'll throw to you here, obviously as the resident Minnesota man, 
what how are you feeling heading into this game your pre your preview thoughts and pick yeah i am both worried and confident is that possible it's possible now <laughs> i'm worried and i'm confident i'm confident because of who we've acquired you know we've gotten some great guys from the draft we've gotten some great acquisitions over this uh last few months i think the team we have is much better than the team we had last year. I think Rhodes, he obviously was a really great player, but did not have a great season. And so I am happy that we're going in youth in cornerbacks. So, so there are some losses as well, but I think we've made up for that. And I think we have a better team in terms of the players we have. And I think Kirk Cousins is still yet to prove that he's an elite quarterback. He's had some good games, but as you said, he's had some bad games. He's played badly. So he still has yet to prove himself as an elite quarterback. Um, but I think he has that potential. The tough thing is, is that his first game out is against the Packers, who have a good secondary. So it's going to be really tough for him to really show up. So I think we're going to see similar to what we've seen. I think we're going to see a similar game. I think Dalvin Cook is really going to push that offense forward. Um, and then Kirk is really going to rely on that play action. So I... It's going to be really close. It's going to be really close. And I'm only going to give two confidence points to this team. And I'm going to give it to Minnesota because of who we've acquired. And I think our team is better. I think Green Bay will be who they were last year. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be just as good. But I think we're going to be a little bit better this year with who we've got. Um, and then the players that we've gotten that have really improved. I think Kirk obviously has in those last few games he's played. I think, I think BC Johnson is going to really love having that spot as wide receiver when it was more digs and feeling last year. Um, so I think we're going to have some players who are really going to step up. Um, and I think we're just going to sneak out a win. But yeah, only two confidence points there. Uh, I'll throw to you, David. Preview and a pick. Any thoughts? And that's it. I, uh, I think you're right on the money when you say the Packers are who we think they are. Um, and I think the Vikings are who we think they are. I mean, they, you know, they're a good team. Are they a Super Bowl team? Probably not. But are they, you know, are they good? Certainly. Are they capable of winning this game? Absolutely. Um, I feel like, and you referenced it, uh, Jack, the Packers secondary is going to be the make or break point in this game. And um, I feel like their secondary is going to come through just enough. I also have it being a very close game. And I've got it being Green Bay 23, Minnesota 21. And I'm going with seven confidence points on that. Nice. It's uh, seven confidence for the Packers. I took the Vikings. I'm going to give Kirk Cousins the opportunity. I think uh, pound for pound, position by position, this Vikings team is more talented uh, than the Packers. At If you go every position across the board, that's my personal belief. However... Uh, I don't have faith in the quarterback position, but this is an opportunity uh, to exercise some of those demons. Week one against a, a team that they couldn't beat last year, against a team that Cousins struggled against fairly mightily, really. Like all those numbers are well down on his production across mm. the rest of the season. I have the Vikings winning 24-21, but I have one confidence point 
in this. This is my, this was the game I found hardest to pick. Interesting to note, Dalvin Cook, who rushed for 154 yards and a touchdown off 20 carries in game one, was not there in the second contest last season. Uh, and I think that is going to be the key, really. If this running game mm. uh, can, can get up and going against the Packers' run defense, which looked paper thin against uh, the 49ers uh, both occasions last season. We'll travel south down to the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, another early game here in the afternoon in the US and uh, early morning, 3 a.m. Go Jacksonville fans. You can do it. Get up for Minshew Magic. Uh, these two sides obviously met twice last season in week 11 and week 2017. They split the affairs uh, as the uh, Colts handed a Nick Foles-led Jag side a 33-13 loss in Week 11, only to have Minshew Mania lay a 38-20 defeat on them in the final week of the season. Marlon Mack was a massive part of the Colts' wins uh, against the Jags uh, in 2020, and Indy would be wise to continue to lean on that run game and not ask Philip Rivers to throw the ball 35-plus times. I think we saw how that went in 2019. You want to make use of Philip Rivers' computer upstairs, and you don't want to be asking that nearing 40 arm with that weird sidearm action to be to, doing more than it needs to be doing uh, against, this, against any defense, even the Jaguars, who have lost so much. Um, Speaking of the losses, it's Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngokwe, Jalen Ramsey, uh, who all call other locations home now. With the Minshew chart connection, Jacksonville might be plucky in 2020 on offense, but I don't think their defense makes much of an impact. On one of the most ruthless offensive lines in the league, the Colts ranked the number one offensive line by PFF heading into the season. If they can protect Rivers, this could be a long day at the office for the Jags. David, your thoughts and your pick. Um, so I actually, I don't think this is going to be a particularly high scoring game, but I am confident with the result. Um, I don't know how content Philip Rivers is going to be handing the ball off. He likes having control of the game in every aspect. And that was kind of his downfall with the chargers was he wanted all the control. And the fact is, he may be the one at the helm, but it's Marlon Mack's team. And I don't know how he's going to respond to that. I think the first couple of weeks are going to be fine. But if they keep handing it off and keep handing it off and keep handing it off, he's going to become unhappy. And bold prediction to go on top of my bold prediction, I think that he may be benched in the first half of the season, Philip Rivers. But he's still a veteran. He still knows the game. He's a good quarterback. He's smart. Um, and Jacksonville has nothing defensively. Uh, I have Indianapolis winning this game 27 to 20, and I have 13 confidence points on that. Nice. And I'll spin to you, Jack. Any thoughts to add and your pick? Yeah, I think David said it pretty well. Although I, I think that even though I reckon Philip Rivers had those thoughts of going, I really want to be the controller and leader of this offense. I want to throw 50 million times. I want to score these touchdowns. I want to be the quarterback that I think I am. I'm sure he had those thoughts. But I think after that, he's gone, 
I don't want to be benched in you know the first half of the season. I want to be part of a successful team. And I think if they're going to be successful, they need to give the ball to Mac. So I, I think the Colts, they're not a great team, but I think they'll do okay, especially with that quarterback running back duo. And the Jags, the only good thing I see they, them having is Minshew and he doesn't have the support that he needs. Their defense is not great. And I just can't see the Jaguars putting any sort of threat to the Colts. I think the Colts will win this one easily. And I'm going to give the Colts the full 16 confidence points. I don't see there being any competition here, especially yep. with all that they've lost the Jags. They're, they're, they're a, a skeleton of who they were and who they were was bad. For sure. And, and I think, you know, like looking at the Colts, I, I have the belief that this team last year was, was a, essentially a quarterback away from being uh, a really dangerous team in the playoffs. Uh, and I still think that's the case. I still, I am not, I think for what Jacoby Brissett offers in terms of a middle ground quarterback, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Phillip Rivers might offer you a lot in terms of a ceiling, but he offers you a hell of a low floor as well. And I think mm. that that really cost the Chargers <laughs> last season as we'll, as we'll get to. As much as injuries bit them last year, I think Phillip Rivers' ego um, bit them in a major way last year. I have the Colts winning this one 27 to 17 uh, and I've got 15 confidence points on this one. Back to the North. We're crisscrossing the country from North to South here as we hit the uh, Chicago Bears traveling to the Detroit Lions Another early game here, 3 a.m. for Australian viewers. And uh, I think it's midday, one-ish in the uh, afternoon for, for American viewers. Uh, the Bears flopped back to earth last season after a trip to the playoffs in 2018, while Detroit flirted with being frisky before a Matt Stafford injury made way for Jeff Driscoll and David Blau and an 0-9 finish to the seasons. The, the Bears beat the Lions on both occasions, 20-13 to and 24-20. to now, this Lions team has added some talent, young pieces on their, some talented young pieces on their team, excuse me, to make a step forward in 2020. Georgia running back DeAndre Swift, cornerback Jeff Okuda um, of the Ohio State, as well as beefing up the offensive line in rounds three and four with Jonah Jackson and Joe Dahl. Joe Dahl? Joe Dahl? The Bears have a defense with elite potential once again, but will the quarterback position continue to hold them back as a legitimate contender in the North? I mean, add to that, their run game was pretty shocking last season as well, but for what it's worth in these contests, Mitch Trubisky threw for 45 of 61 for 511 yards with six touchdowns and just one interceptions in his two games against the Lions in 2019. While obviously the Lions struggled with Blau and Driscoll at QB in both games, David, I'll let you have lead-off hit on this one. Your thoughts and pick. Okay. I, um, I, I have an ugly feeling that the Bears' offense is going to struggle somewhat. Uh, not that Detroit's defense is grand by any means, but they have improved. Um, I'm also curious to see, because all Mitch Trubisky has heard in the offseason – is how much he can't throw. I don't know what kind of confidence he has in his own abilities. We know that he has the tools. We know that he has the arm. We've seen it. Uh, I mean, and yeah, he picked, he picked the lions apart last year. Um, 
I just have, you know, there's those games where you just kind of have a gut feeling on it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those for me. I just have a gut feeling that the Lions are going to show up to this one. And, you know, Matthew Stafford is healthy. And they have, you know, they picked up DeAndre Swift, which I like in the running back. Um, and as unconfident as I am in the Bears, I'm going to pick Detroit 31 to 17 in this one. Uh, and I'm going to go with four confidence points on that. I'm not confident in the result, but I'm confident in the score. Yeah. One way or the other. All right. This one, uh, I'm on the same page as David. I think Detroit, as much as I hate to say it as a Minnesota fan, I really like the Lions this year. I really like how they're looking. They've gotten some good kids from the draft. And, you know, like, Adrian Peterson isn't going to be, like, getting the yards that he's used to. I don't even know how many snaps he'll get. But just having him there on the roster is good. It's good. And so I was not happy to read that news the other day. Uh, and then yeah, Stafford coming back, if he's healthy, which he should be, he is a great quarterback. They've got a good defense. And I don't see the Bears uh, getting over the top, even with Trubisky. Like, especially you're talking about his confidence. I don't know how good his confidence is, especially with Nick Foles in the waiting. Like there's that sort of fear of I've got to play really well otherwise they're just gonna kick me out um so yeah i I, the bears they're not a they're not one of the worst teams but i think detroit is really gonna take a huge step this season and the bears aren't i think the bears are gonna look pretty similar to how they did last year if not worse so yeah i'm gonna go with the lions and i'm pretty confident they're gonna win i'm giving them 12 confidence nice I like that. I like the confidence. Look, you guys almost sold me on it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stay with my pick because I don't have much invested really? here, really. I've got the Bears going 21 to 14. Um, and I've invested two confidence points in this one. Uh, this is sort of last chance saloon, I think, for, uh, for Mitch Trubisky. I can imagine this season potentially looking a little bit like the 2018 Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback room when it was basically a revolving door of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston uh, passing the baton from week to week as they look to find who would throw the least interceptions. Um, Yeah. So I've got the bears winning 21 to 14, but not that confident about it. All right. We spin out to uh, or down South again, we are crisscrossing here. Uh, The Oakland Raiders, not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Cross out Oakland. Uh, <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, can't think of a more appropriate franchise to play pro football in Las Vegas than the Raiders. Um, traveling to the Carolina Panthers. The golden rule has begun his reign down in Carolina. Now, these sides obviously did not play uh, in 2019 had similar sort of seasons in, in some regards. Vegas started six and four 
and were then outscored 169 to 88 across their final six games of the season with three consecutive embarrassing losses to the Jets, 34-3, the Chiefs, 40-9, and the Titans, 42-21, effectively obliterating their credibility as a playoff contender. Uh, the Panthers started out 5-3 and three as Kyle Allen looked to seal a long-term starting gig in the absence of the injured Cam Newton, but the Panthers whimpered to an 0-8 finish to the season to end Riverboat Ron Rivera's tenure and make way for the rule regime. The Gruden Mayock Raiders continue building in the desert while the rule Tepper Panthers look to be in the early stages of an organizational overhaul. The Raiders position by position should have too much talent for the Panthers, but Carolina has Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson, who had four catches for 86 yards and a touchdown in Jets colors when the Raiders were diced up in New York last season. And this is pro football, not college. So while the Matt Rule Temple Owls and Baylor Bears endured horrific first seasons as Rule set about laying the foundations for success, these guys are paid pros and to me should be more up for a fight this season. I don't see a two and 14 type deal for the Panthers this season. Um, I'll go ahead and announce my pick here. I've got the Raiders squeaking by 21 to 17. And I've got four confidence points invested in this pick. And I'll throw to you, Jack. Mm. I'm pretty confident in Carolina this year. I, my, my sort of prediction for how they'll go is they'll be the kind of team that scores a lot, but their defense lets them down. So they're going to be really high scoring I think Teddy is a, I think, I think he's a really good quarterback and I think he's got a lot to prove. Um, and I think he's going in sky high with confidence into this team. Um, and then obviously McCaffrey is just a gun. He's just so, so good with the ball. So I think I, I can see the Panthers being that team that just scores and scores and scores on every drive, unless they're facing like a 49ers defense, but their defense just isn't at that level. So they also give up a lot of points. Um, but because they're facing Las Vegas and I don't see Las Vegas being an explosive offensive team, I think Hashtag the Panthers Derek are going to win. <laughs> I, I think the Panthers are going to win this one. Um, I would have given them less confidence points, but I sort of had to pick and choose which teams I needed to give them to. So I'm giving them, technically I'm giving them a 10, the Panthers, but really I think, it's a little bit lower, but I have to give them a 10. Uh, but I do think the Panthers are going to win. I think they're going to be really good on the offense, but their defense is going to let them down. But I still think they'll get the win. Nice. David? So Matt Rule is known throughout his career for putting up points and giving up points, <laughs> just like Jack said. And so the Panthers are perfectly suited for him. Uh, I think that, uh, Jack, I think you're right on the money when you say – that they're going to score a lot of points and that the Raiders may not necessarily be capable of putting up a ton of points. Um, my only concern with the Carolina offense is how Bridgewater and McCaffrey are going to coexist because Bridgewater is going to take carries away from McCaffrey. Mm. The fan base is not going to like that. And can Bridgewater sit in there and be a drop back quarterback? You know, yeah. can he and will he? You know, that, those are two questions. Um, I feel like they're going to figure it out, especially to start the year. Um, I have Carolina B 
beating Vegas comfortably. I have them winning 31 to 16, and I've got 14 confidence points on that. This is like uh, a hi. fight here. This is like fight. Yeah. Uh, with this the, is where yeah. you'd love to see a preseason game to see how those two work together. It's just yep. so uh, it's so unknown. I think too, there's something to be said for the type of offense that Carolina are going to run uh, with Joe Brady as offensive coordinator. And I said, I think last week when we were picking our divisional uh, our divisional rosters, that I think Bra- Joe Brady's offense is perfect for Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that they can get the ball in McCaffrey's hands, uh, really, you know, continue to bring him into the passing game in a, in a big way like they used Clyde Edwards-Alaire in LSU last season. Uh, you know, get it out to him in the flat and let, let the magician go to work. So I think, I think this will be a get the ball out of Bridgewater's hands quick. Um, and obviously you've got a nice sort of deep threat there in Robbie Anderson too. Um, I've made, you my think they'll run more of an option? I, I could see it. I don't know. I don't know how... Um, I guess I'd be interested to see how much faith they have in Bridgewater's leg legs um, post that, post that injury, how much they want to protect him, how much he's willing to run. Um, I get the idea that he is probably the sort of dude who would be willing to do it. You know what they did at LSU though? They called a heck of a lot of quarterback draws um, for Joe Burrow. I don't know if they can do something similar um, for Bridgewater because, you know, Joe Burrow just had functional uh, sort of running ability, functional sort of athleticism. So it's not like Bridgewater's a Lamar, but he, he definitely, I think, would have the same sort of capability to, to, to do some called QB runs in the same vein that, that Joe Burrow did. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I, I think that long-term, we could be looking at the Panthers creating a really dominant franchise. I think... Mm. I go on a lot about organizational stability. I think the fact that they gave rules such a long contract to build this, they're invested in the vision. Uh, and I think this is going to be a sort of a Pete Carroll Seahawks deal. I think Matt rule is going to build this organization uh, from the ground up to be a perennial playoff contender, whether or not they're uh, you know, a super bowl relevant team. I think this is a team that's going to just make the postseason a lot. Um, Let's spin it to the AFC East. The New York Jets travel to the Buffalo Bills, another early game here. Uh, The Jets were a tough watch in 2019, and 2020 might be even tougher in my opinion. Sam Darnold has probably started his NFL career in the worst position possible for a rookie quarterback, perhaps outside of Josh Rosen or Dwayne Haskins. The defense was a highlight in New York under Greg Williams last season, but the departure of uh, Jamal Adams to Seattle depletes the talent on that side of the ball considerably. The opposite is true for the Bills as they move into the next phase of build, uh, attempting to become the next AFC East dynasty with hashtag organizational stability in head coach Sean McDermott and GM Brandon Bean, who seem to walk eternally in lockstep. I'll throw you a stat here because the Jets were beaten twice by the Bills in 2019. They need more out of Le'Veon Bell and the supposed offensive genius of Adam Gase. Sam Darnold threw for just 374 yards off 77 attempts against the Bills in 2019 at just 4.8 yards per attempt. I think Josh Allen is going to get better. I think he improved last season. I've got this one as my uh, gold-plated lock of the week. I've got the Bills winning 24-10 to 10 at 16 confidence points. Jack. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I the Jets look abysmal. <laughs> they they do not look like a good football team. Uh, it, it would be nice if Le'Veon Bell really produced this season. It'd be nice to see. Also, because I have him on my fantasy team, but, <laughs> but also it just would be nice for the for the game. Um, but yeah, the Bills just look really good. I only just picked the Patriots over in the division over the Bills, but I think the Bills are really good. And I think this is going to be their best year in a long time. Um, and they're starting off with an easy one. It'll be a good opportunity to... I feel like this will feel like a preseason game for the Bills. They'll test some things out. They'll get a nice lead and they'll uh, give some different guys the ball. And, and Josh Allen will really will really shine. I think this will be a nice, easy one for them. Uh, I'm only giving them 13 confidence points, the Bills, just because it's only uh, the only points I had left. But yeah, I'm very confident the Bills will get this one done. David. All right. So we're, we're all fairly well in unison, I think, on this one. I, yep. I, feel like, I feel like this may be the best Bills team since the Jim Kelly era. And I think that uh, if, if people don't watch out, they could make a run for the Super Bowl this year. Yep. Uh, I like them. They're aggressive where and when they need to be. Their defense is better than it was last year. Their offense is better than it was last year. The Jets, I'm not sure what's going on. Um, they've been down for a while, and their trajectory is continuing downward. Uh, Le'Veon Bell really kind of seems to be their only redeeming grace. Um, I mean, if I guess I guess if Captain Mono lives up to expectations, you know, he could do, you know, they, they could be a little bit better. But, man, he's got to have time to get rid of the ball, and his offensive line is not going to give it to him. I've got the Bills winning 41-10, to 10 and I have 16 confidence points on it. Yeah. Yeah. I uh... – Worse quarterbacks, much worse quarterbacks than Josh Allen have won a Super Bowl. Um, and I, I think worst, worse offenses have won a Super Bowl than what this Bills will roll out there this season. I think Cole Beasley is an underrated, um, you know, sort of slot receiver for them. I think he's, he's a reliable sort of outlet for Josh Allen all the time. Josh Allen has to get better at throwing that deep ball, I think, but I'd also be saying to them not to use it too much just because you've got the weapon doesn't mean you need to use it all the time. I think sometimes, you know, when you've got a guy like Alan with a cannon for an arm, there's a propensity to try and use it frequently, make use of his legs, use that strong arm to, to help him uh, fit the ball into tight windows, you know, if and where possible. I, I think this guy took a massive step forward last season. And I think that the playoff loss last season is burning strong within him. I think he takes another step forward. In 2020, as we wend our way to the NFC North, uh, AFC North, rather, the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Another early slate game here. Uh, the Browns and Ravens split their clashes in 2019. The Browns dismantling Baltimore 40-25 to in week four with Nick Chubb rushing for 165 yards and three touchdowns. But then the Ravens returned the favor in week 16, defeating Cleveland 31-15. to Lamar Jackson dumping on the Browns uh, to stake his claim for the MVP with a 238 passing yard, three touchdown game in the air, and 103 yards on the ground. 2020 brings the arrival of Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield's fourth head coach in three seasons. There is no doubting 
for me, the accumulation of talent for the Browns on both sides of the ball, particularly on offense with Mayfield, Chubb, Landry, OBJ, uh, on and on it goes. But there is a lot to be said for hashtag organizational stability. And the Ravens have that in spades. Like the Chiefs, they've seemed only to add talent this season, acquiring veteran pass rusher Calais Campbell from the Panthers, as well as defensive end Justin Matabuke of the Texas A&M Aggies. 105 tackles and 11 sacks in 43 games. And linebacker Malik Harrison of The Ohio State University. Add to that running back J.K. Dobbins and wide receiver Devin Duvernay through the draft. Uh, The only question for me is, did the league learn anything about how to stop the Ravens from their playoff loss to the Titans? David. Um, I think the league learned something. But learning it and having the ability to do it are two different things. And um, I, I feel like Baltimore is going to win this one going away, not because Cleveland is bad. Cleveland is going to win some games this year, but I think Baltimore is just that much better. Mm-hmm. And um, I, don't, I don't know that uh, Cleveland can stop a completely healthy Lamar Jackson either through the air or on the ground, they'll get some points. And that's kind of always been the thing with Browns is they've always been able to score. It's just a matter of stopping anybody. Has their defense gotten any better? Not really. Um, So I have Baltimore winning 45 to 21, and I have 12 confidence points in that one. Yeah, uh, I couldn't say much more, David. We're pretty much on the exact same page there. Browns are a fine football team, but it's the Ravens. The Ravens are just so good. And I like that they've had J.K. Dobbins. I think he's going to get quite a bit of the ball. I think he's going to play really well, which will will add to their running back uh, depth. I I think they're just so, so good. They've got a good defense and they've got an even better offense. Uh, I I cannot see the Browns being that much competition. They'll score, like you said, they'll score, but the Ravens will score more. (laughs) They'll score much more. I'm, I'm, picking the Ravens and giving them 15 confidence points. Nice. So we're all in lockstep here. I gave the Ravens 31 to 24 win. I think regardless of what Cleveland puts up on offense, the Ravens are just going to score more and they're probably going to find some ways to take the ball away from Baker Mayfield and chew that clock down on the Browns. This Ravens team is going to be fired up. I don't think they're going 14 and two this season. It's hard to repeat that sort of a dose in the regular season, but mm. this, these guys are still the clear division favorites. I've got it at, 12 points also. The Seattle Seahawks travel to the Atlanta Falcons in another early game. The last of our early games here. Uh, This one, another 3 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time game. And these two sides did play in 2019. In week eight, the Seahawks and Falcons faced off with the Seahawks traveling to Atlanta. So they've got repeat trips uh, down to Atlanta. And Seattle took down the home side 27-20 to 20, despite a second-half rally by the Falks. The, um, Atlanta actually drastically outgained Seattle, 529 yards to 333 and 31st downs to 18. But it was on the ground that Seattle put the game away, rushing for 151 yards on 33 carries to the Falcons, 69 yards from 17. Matt Schaub, that's right, Matt Schaub threw for 39 of 52 for 460 yards, a touchdown and an interception for the Falcons. 
And the Falcons used that second half to springboard a 6-2 and two finish to the season, including big wins over the New Orleans Saints and San Francisco 49ers. Mm. So what about 2020? The Seahawks should do Seahawks things. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson seemingly able to eternally squeeze blood from the stone. Another nod to hashtag organizational stability. While the Falcons will be looking to claw their Super Bowl window back over and save Dan Quinn's bacon, free agency additions of Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst might give Matt Ryan more help on offense. Not that he needs it with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, but it's the defense they'll be hoping to see continued improvement from. Atlanta gave up 250 points in the first eight games of the season and then allowed just 149 in their second eight games of the season, including two games against the Saints and one against the 49ers. Will the Seahawks continue to Seahawk? Will the worm turn for the Falcons? Jack, I ask you. Mm. The Seahawks, if they were playing first-half Falcons, of first half of 2019, uh, it'd be an easy win. I'd give them the full 16 points. The Falcons were not the team that they became in the second half. Those two games against the 49ers and the Saints were some of the best football I watched last year. Both those games were so good to watch. And Atlanta really, really showed up. And I think they're only going to be better this year with, like you said, with their, with their acquisitions this year. But the Seahawks are the Seahawks. They're the consistent producers. Russell Wilson almost every year seems to put up MVP numbers, but just loses out to MVP. But he's putting up those numbers every year. And I think he'll do the same. I think it'd be nice to see Metcalf have a great second season because he did so well last year. Um, so for me, it, it's tough to go. Do you go with the consistent producers in the Seahawks or do you go with the up and coming full of energy Falcons? It, it, it's tough. But I think I've already made a few risky choices today. So I'm going to go, I'm going to play conservative and I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think it'll be a really fun, really close game. Um, only giving the Seahawks four confidence points. Oof. Mr. Vaughn. All right. Uh, so I think, you know, I think Seattle's going to Seattle. Uh, a couple things to keep in mind it is in the Dome in Atlanta. And. Um, that crowd is loud, even if it's minimal. Mm. It's that place is loud and it is live. Um, Seattle is not as good defensively as they used to be. They're still good enough to get the job done, though. Um, Matt Ryan, it's hard to bet against him. I think this is probably the best week one quarterback matchup in the whole league. Um, mm. Well, with the exception of maybe Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Mm. But uh, this is, this is uh, another marquee quarterback matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm confident in the result. Uh, so I have Seattle winning 31 to 28, and I have 11 confidence points on it. David and I in absolute lockstep here. Um, I haven't got the score, but I've got the same, uh, same confidence points. I'm putting 11 confidence points in the Seahawks. And look, I think this is going to be a sensational game. I've got it 28 to 24 to Seattle. I just think Seattle finds ways. This is what they do. They find less than a touchdown wins. Um, but that, that shouldn't take anything away, I think, from what the Falcons could be this season. And they could be a potential uh, sleeper in that NFC South, depending on how the Saints and, and the Bucks experiment 
shakes out. So I've got the Seahawks 28 to 24 with 11 confidence points. We get down to the LA Chargers traveling to take on the uh, Cincinnati Joe Burrows. I mean, Cincinnati Joe uh, Bengals. Uh, these two, two sides didn't play in 2019. Now, here's a stat for you. Philip Rivers had 28 turnovers last season for the Chargers on the way to guiding them to a 5-11 uh, and 11 record and last place in the AFC West. The defense was weakened by injury to Derwin James, but as I mentioned earlier, they were weakened by the fact that Philip Rivers could not accept that Father Time was knocking very firmly on his door. The Cincinnati Bengals made an unchecked run at the number one overall pick, starting the season 0-11 and finishing 2-14. Their defense was amongst the worst in the league, particularly when it came to defending the run. Cincinnati uh, allowed uh, the worst rushing yards by their opponents in 2019 and gave up games of 150 rushing yards or more seven times, four of which were games in which they gave up 200 or more. I think there's a change here. I think there's a change coming in Cincinnati. And, and while it might not be coming in 2020, it could be here in 2021. And I think we're going to see shadows of it this season. They are sneakily talented on offense. And the question will be whether Joe Burrow can utilize AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, Joe Mixon, especially with left tackle Jonah Williams finally getting to make his debut season after he spent 2019 out with a torn labrum. Can the Chargers' offense under Terod Taylor take advantage of the Cincinnati defense? Can the Bengals protect Burrow from Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram? Also, keep an eye on new uh, middle linebacker Kenneth Murray for the Chargers, who was a stud for the Oklahoma Sooners. I've got the Chargers winning this one 24-21. And uh, I put six confidence points in this one, but... Here's my bold prediction of the week. I think we will see a drive in this game for Joe Burrow that is that, aha, that is what he can be. There's going to be one of those LSU drives. Could be on the opening drive of the game. Might come later. I don't know. But there will be a drive that demonstrates what Joe Burrow can do at the NFL level. So that's my prediction for the game. Mm. I'll throw to you. uh, Who wants it? I'll let you guys fight over it. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll go. Uh, Take uh, it, All right. Okay. So I think this is going to be a game highlighted by offensive ineptitude. Um, but I'm also going to piggyback on what Jake said. I think Joe Burrow is going to lead the Bengals, lead the Bengals to a game-winning drive. Woo-hoo. Showtime, Joe. I feel like I feel like his welcome to the NFL drive is going to be in the last three minutes of the game. I think it's going to be a long drive, and I think they're going to win. I got seventeen them to fourteen. <laughs> so yeah, I've got the, I've got the Bengals winning seventeen to fourteen, and I am one point confident. In that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jacko? Oh, okay. So. I think this is going to be a game where you see a first half from Joe Burrow and the Bengals and you go, oh my God, they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Like they're <laughs> going to play really well. But I, I don't think that they are mentally strong enough to withhold a Chargers defense. I think they're going to come out strong, the Bengals, 
but the Chargers are going to, the more experienced team, I think are going to go, hold on a second, let's slow it down. And I think they're going to go scoreless or maybe just a field goal in that second half. I think they're going to come out really strong, but they're just not going to be able to finish the job and the Chargers will just score, score, score. So I, th- I think Chargers will come out on top. Um, but I think this will be, like you said, not only will Joe Burrow have a drive that proves that he's a good quarterback, I think this game overall is going to be one we look at and go, you know, they didn't get the win. It wasn't a team performance that we were overall very happy with. But Joe Burrow, he's the real deal and he's going to be dangerous. But, but I think the Chargers will win overall. Um, and I have 11 confidence points in that. Ooh. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see. I think that if they don't fix that run defense, if they haven't spent the offseason fixing that run game, then I think Austin Eckler, and here's a, oh, yes. another quiet, Do sneaky it. tip for you. Joshua Kelly, running back for the Chargers. I saw him, I believe it was in the Reese's Senior Bowl ahead of the draft. That dude popped off the screen more than any other running back in the game. And he's a violent and aggressive young man. And uh, I believe he can be something uh, as an offset uh, to Austin Eckler uh, for this Chargers team. I think that's where the key is. I think the Chargers with Terod Taylor at the helm are going to be less like turnover prone. And I think with their run game, they can get the job done against the Bengals. But yeah, it won't be a a win for me. I don't think it'll be a win that's won by Terod Taylor. Yes. I think he'll be a good game manager. Yeah. He, I think he's a good quarterback, but I think it's going to be won by Austin Eckler, both on the ground and then also in the passing game. Yeah. I think he's going to really win that game for the Chargers, especially in that second half. I think he'll really just run the clock down, get some touchdowns, get some yardage. I love that because he's on my team in fantasy. All yeah. right, <laughs> so we, we'll spin it forward here. Uh, I love that the predictions are getting bolder. We're expanding mm. the palette here. Yes. The Joe Burrow uh, tip from David had me uh, just a little bit goosebumpy here. Um, we we go uh, to the to the West Coast. We've got Arizona Cardinals traveling to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, a 6.25 a.m. game. That's a bit more respectable here in Australia. Uh, the Cards and the 49ers met twice, obviously, in 2019, and this was a hot ticket for action. The plucky Kyler Murray Cards pushed the eventual Super Bowl runners-up to the final quarter, both times, losing 25-28 to 28 and 36-26. to 26. And I believe that 36-26 to 26 game was a lot closer going in. There was a junk time sort of, I think, fumble return touchdown very late for the for the 49ers from, from memory. Um, Arizona, this is the thing for me. They limited the league's most potent rushing offense to 135 yards from 50 carries at 2.7 yards per carry across the two games, which was well below the 49ers average of 4.6 yards per carry. I thought that was an impressive effort by the, by the Cardinals run defense. However, Jimmy G played some of his best football in those games, passing for 741 yards and eight touchdowns with two interceptions uh, against the Cardinals. 49ers are potentially thin in the receiving core. They're currently injury struck with Debo Samuels and rookie Brandon Ayuk, both battling injury to get on the field in week one. 
And where the 49ers lack at wide receivers, the Cardinals got stronger, adding DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans to complement Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. This team only carries three running backs on its 53-man roster, so the intent to air that thing out is apparent. And also watch for them to use former Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback Chris Strevler, who had 2,700 yards passing and 1,100 yards rushing in the CFL in 2019 in a Taysom Hill role uh, this season. Another Jake sneaky tip to watch out for. I've got the Cardinals winning 28 to 24 in San Francisco. You can lock it up, take it to the bank. With three confidence points. <laughs> uh, David, what do you think about this game? Uh, I think it's going to be a very entertaining game to watch. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think it's going to be a couple of contrasting styles. Um, so I'm mad at DeAndre Hopkins at the moment, so I'm not going to pick them. Um, but no, I'm... Um, no, I have the 49ers winning the game, but I think it's going to be 35-31. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, very entertaining, and I have six confidence points on that. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I think this is another fun game. Jack, what do you yes. got? Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I, had, I had the 49ers with five <laughs> confidence points. Come but to I, you know, I'm, listening, I, I'm listening to your pitch, and I, I'm – Considering that offense that the Cardinals have. Yes. I think the 49ers defense is really good. I picked them in my fantasy team. I think it's really good. But. Jump on board. Choo-choo the big red train. Cardinals with five confidence points. I think it's going to be. I think they're going to crack through and just manage to sneak past that offense. uh, That defense, sorry, on the 49ers. And I don't think that the 49ers have an offense to match. And like you said, the rushing defense that the Cardinals have is sneaky good. So I I think it's all sort of coming together for it to be a close game that I'm not very confident in. But yeah, I'm changing it. Cardinals, five confidence points. My question really too is that if, if the Cardinals stop the run, yes, Jimmy G played well last season, but he also had Emmanuel Sanders to play. Mm. at wide receiver. So if they're going to rely on the passing game to beat the Cardinals again, they're really thin at that position this, you know, particularly going into week one, if they don't have Brandon Ayuk, if they don't have Debo Samuels, I just think it's more, I don't necessarily think that this demonstrates the long-term futures across the season. I think the 49ers can get back Mm. to it. I just think week one, they could be a little thin at a crucial position for them in terms of this particular matchup. Um. All right, we've hit the hour mark. I love it. It's a mammoth episode here. Let's get yeah. to this. Is a big talk. Talk. There are some great quarterback matchups this week, and, and this yeah. one's no different. The battle of the retirement village uh, between uh, Tom Brady and, and Drew Brees, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints, 6.25 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. These two sides met last season. You could pretty much throw this, uh, the record out the window given that Jameis Winston is gone and, and Brady has arrived. Uh, but the, the Bucks were swept by Drew Brees and the Saints last season in week five and week 11. But 
But as I said, Jameis Winston did his part to ensure those defeats, throwing four interceptions in the second matchup. And the Saints' run game tallied up 100-plus yards in each game in spite of the fact that that Bucks his, uh, run defense was historically good. Uh, number one in the league, I believe, for stopping the run in 2019. Obviously, there's change in 2020. Tampa Bay brings in six-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, along with his old Patriots buddy Rob Gronkowski. This Bucks team was killed by turnovers last season. If Brady can wind back the clock even a little then Tampa Bay will retain a savage offense minus the Jameis Winston-induced turnovers. But this Saints team continues to hold one of the most well-balanced rosters in all of pro football. With stars at almost every position on both sides of the ball, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Cam Jordan, to name just a few. How this contest goes down might not really tell us a lot about how the rest of 2020 looks for these sides in this division, but I'm picking the Saints in a shootout, 38 to 35 in the Dome, and give it to me at eight confidence points. Jack. Yeah, I'm pretty close to you, Jake. I, I, I'm, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think it's going to be very fun. This might even be the best game of this round. Um, but I, I just, I think the Saints just are the overall better team. And there is that aspect of Tom Brady not having any preseason games to get used to this team and that offense. doesn't mean he's going to fail. He's going to, I think he's going to put up a really good game. But the Saints don't have that sort of uh, knock against them. They're going in with, I, I would assume, a lot of anger with losing that uh, playoff game that in their eyes they should have won. And I think, I also think they should have, they didn't play well enough, but they really are a really good team. So I think they're going to come in really fired up and really ready to go. And I just think there's a few question marks about the Bucks, but I think it'll be really good, a really good game. I'm picking the Saints with seven confidence points. L David. All right. Um, I, you, you know, something else to keep in mind is they're playing in New Orleans in the Dome. And, uh, you know, the Saints just played better in there. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a particularly close game. I think the Saints are too balanced on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think they're going to be able to pressure uh, Brady just enough. And, man, it sounds weird to think of Tom Brady in the Buccaneers uniform. Um but no, I I think I think the Saints win. I think they win fairly comfortably. I've got them winning thirty-one to seventeen, uh, and I have it as nine confidence points. I'm more confident than that, but it was what was left. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and and let's face it, there could be some growing pains early on for this offense. By all reports from training camp, it's been up and down. It hasn't necessarily just clicked um, for Tampa Bay yet. And you're coming up against hashtag organizational stability. This is a Saints team that has done what it does for, for quite a long time. They've bossed this division in the last, you know, four or five years. And I, I think that week one, it'll be interesting to see how the second matchup between the teams go. I've got the Saints 38 to 35 um, at the eight confidence points in this game. Um, but if, if the Bucks can get pressure on Brady, then I think he... Uh, he crumples like Mr. Burns, and it's a it's a lot uh, it's a lot more of a blowout win for the Saints if the if the Bucks can't protect Brady. All right, we go 
mm-hmm. to that sexy new SoFi Stadium. The LA Rams will host the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is the late game on, uh, on Sunday night football. Monday morning, 10.20 a.m. for us Aussies. These two sides did meet in uh, 2019. In week 15, to be exact, the LA Rams, of course, were embarrassed 44-21 to at AT&T Stadium last season, trailed 31-7 to going into the final quarter. Cowboys ran on this Rams defense at will, gaining 253 yards on the ground. Get this, while the Rams gained just 22 yards on 14 carries forcing Jared Goff into 51 pass attempts in the game. Now, for me, this could have been the thing that ultimately uh, forced the change of defensive coordinator uh, headed into this season. Uh, The Rams have changes at both offensive and defensive coordinator. So I believe Sean McVay was doing head coach and OC. Well, this year he brings in um, uh, offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Uh, and we'll be hoping he can cook up a run game to get that Jared Goff play-action productivity back to its 2017 and 2018 form, but also look for a a fresh defensive approach under the direction of uh, new DC Brandon Staley, who spent the last three seasons as outside linebackers coach for Vic Fangio at the Bears and Broncos. Special teams is under new coordination as well from John Bonamago as former Rams special teams coordinator, John Bones Fossil departed for Dallas. And that Dallas team, of course, has Mike McCarthy and uh, we'll be hoping that someone can finally make use of the embarrassment of riches available to the Cowboys year after year. Gentlemen, I'll go to you, David. What are your thoughts on this game? Who's winning? How? And why? So I looked at this game a lot, and the more I looked at it, the more to me it just has blowout written all over it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Cowboys are going to win. I feel like they're going to win huge. Um, I just – I think Dallas has too much on every side of the ball. I think they're going to win every aspect, and I think they're going to do so convincingly. And a lot of people – are kind of unhappy with the Mike McCarthy hire in Dallas. And so I think he's going to be proving a point as well. So I don't, I feel like when the game is comfortably in hand, I don't think he's going to let off the gas. I think they're going to play a full 60 minutes of football. I feel like the Rams are still kind of perceived as a marquee team, whether or not they actually are remains to be seen, but I think they still kind of have that perception. And I think that uh, McCarthy's going to take, full advantage of the opportunity to make a marquee team look very average. So I have Dallas winning 42 to 17 and I've got 10 points on that. Minnesota. Mm. Jack. This also looks like a fun game. I think this will be really fun. Uh, the Cowboys, I think are going to be better, but I think the Rams are also going to be better. So it's to which degree are, is each team going to be better is how I'm sort of looking at it. Um, I think, I think the Rams have a better defense, but I think the Cowboys have a better offense. So for me, I think it's going to come down to the wire. And I think at some point in the fourth quarter, 
the Rams are going to score a defensive touchdown to ultimately win the game. I'm, I'm picking the Rams three confidence points. So that's my <laughs> bold prediction. I reckon they're going to score a defensive touchdown in that game. Man, Aaron Donald is an absolute beast. Like, it's just this... Oh, yes. I mean, I've always known he's a beast, but watching him on hard knocks, that dude is just monstrous. Um, this game and to Ramsey's me... Ramsey's going to have a big year too. Yes. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to have a big year. I think he's got a, a massive point to prove. I think the Week 15 game came in an interesting time for the Rams last season. And I, despite his, you know... Early on, Sean McVay was perceived as this pretty positive, you know, effervescent kind of dude. You know what? The more he transforms into John Gruden, the more I think this guy thinks revenge week in, week out. I think this guy has a list, you know, on his, you know, a Mac just outside his immaculate pool at home, at home is, you know, his skyline pool. And I think he sits in that pool at night and looks at that list of, of people who slighted him, people who wronged him uh, as he transforms more and more into John Gruden. I think this has got fun game written all over it. I've got the Rams 31 to 28. I don't see a lot of, um, I can see lots of turnovers, but I don't think this is going to be a defensive slugfest by, by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm going to take the Rams 38 to 21 at five points can easily see this going the other way because Dallas is absolutely loaded. I'm still chugging along on the Sean McVay um, believers train. So I'm, I just feel like they're going to get back to more of what they were in 2017, 2018. Um, But if Jared Goff has to throw the ball 50 times again, there's, there's no way they're walking out of so far with a win. Uh, Mm. Just not going to happen. We go. That's all the Sunday games. We made it through Sunday. So let's flick over Monday night football. And you know what? Monday night football thought, why give them one game when you can give them two? We've got a double header on Monday night, Tuesday mornings for for the folks down under. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, my Pittsburgh Steelers, at the New York football giants at 9.10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'll rock out of bed. At sort of your 7.30, I'll have a cup of tea. I'll get a feed in me and I will luxuriate in the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Giants. The Steelers endured a season of contrasting fortunes last season, depending on which side of the ball you looked at. On defense, comfortably ranked in the top three or four defenses with the addition of Minka Fitzpatrick in the trade with the Dolphins. On offense, they were historically hideous as Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges struggled to fill the void left by two-time Super Bowl winner Ben Roethlisberger, who departed the season via an elbow injury in week two against Seattle. The Steelers flirted with making the playoffs before the QB situation was finally found out in the final weeks of the season in losses to the Jets and Ravens. For the Giants, they endured a torrid time in 2019, but were able to find a silver lining in the form of rookie QB Daniel Jones, who usurped Eli Manning in the first half of the season and showed some signs of what could come. The brief Pat Shermer era has come to an end and the reign of Joe Judge has begun. Public perception of Judge has shifted significantly to the positive over the course of training camp. But can this particular branch of the Belichick tree bear fruit and raise the recently moribund giants up and about in 2020 or will big Ben's elbow and James Connor's knee perhaps equally significantly hold true and catapult this Steelers team back to playoff and even Super Bowl relevance. Gentlemen, 
I have the Steelers winning 21 to 10, and I have 16 confidence points in this game. <laughs> I know they've got Saquon. I just think, uh, even outside of being a Steelers homer, potentially, I just think this Steelers team has too much um, on the defense. I think they're going to pressure the bejesus out of Daniel Jones. Um, and yeah, I see them walking away with a 21 to 10 win. The offense isn't going to look perfect week one for the Steelers, uh, but I think they're that defense is going to show up in a big way in New York and uh, pour a little bit of cold water on all this positive Joe Judge hype that we've got going on. Uh, Jack, I'll flick to you first. Yeah, I'm very similar. I'm very similar. The only difference I would say is that I think that the offense will actually look really good. I think Big Ben's going to have a big day out. I think it's going to be one of those games where you go, oh yeah, this is the dude. Like, he's so, so good. And I think we're going to see that. I think Juju's going to have a good game. The, the rookie, Claypool, I think is going to find a nice spot in, in that offense. Um, and obviously, the defense is just stunning. And I just can't see the Giants matching them. I think if they're going to match them anywhere, it'll be the offense. I think Daniel Jones will have a good game. Barkley will have a good game. Just not to the same degree that I think the Steelers' offense will. But the defense for the Giants. I, I don't see it being anywhere near that level. So, so I've got the Steelers very confidently with 14 confidence points. And I'll just make a quick correction too. I also have the Steelers at 14 points. I misread my own handwriting. I had the Bills at my 16 points. The Steelers are also at 14. David. Ah, nice. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. I feel like Pittsburgh wins this game comfortably. Um, I, I don't think that Pittsburgh is necessarily a playoff or especially Super Bowl contender. I don't. But I think that they're much better than the Giants. And uh, so I've got the Steelers winning 38-10. to 10. I agree that I feel like Juju's going to go off. I, I just have that feeling that, that he's going to go off. Um, so, yeah, I've got the Steelers winning 38-10. to 10. I have eight confidence points in it. I'm more confident than that. But, again, it was Wolves by Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this offense is going to – I hope that they see sense and don't go back to that 2018 where Ben is throwing the ball 35-plus times a game. I would like to see them get back to something more early 2000s and run the ball a little bit by committee. Use James Conner. Use Benny Snell. Use, I believe, it's Anthony McFarlane Jr., their, their new guy that they got, I think, out of Maryland or um, – uh, Boston College. I can't remember where, where exactly he was from, but I'd like to see them do more of that. Get back to running the ball with a bunch of different guys. Take the injury pressure off James Connor um, and the throwing pressure off Ben's arm. I, I think I would like to see that a, a more of a strong running game. Uh, that's what I'm hoping will be reflected in this game for the Steelers. They get back to running. The, the, problem, the problem with that is they're missing one Jerome Bettis. Yes. And that's it. This is what I really liked. Obviously, uh, Benny Snell is no Jerome Bettis, but watching him at Kentucky, he was that dude who would just continually, down after down, smash into the middle of the line and drive for extra yards. I would like to see him take a step forward because he didn't show that much really in 2019, but so much of the offense for the Steelers, once they realized that the Steelers couldn't throw the ball, teams were able to load the box and, and guard against the run. I think with Ben's arm back, and even if it's at 70% of what it once was, 
um, I think that adds enough threat that, that teams will think twice um, about loading the box against the Steelers too much uh, on every down. We've made it to the final game of week one. And that is the Tennessee Titans at the Denver Broncos, 12.20 uh, p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So this will be my lunchtime fair. Uh, these two sides met in 26, uh, 2019 in week six. The Tennessee Titans traveled to Denver that occasion as well. And it's hard to believe that when these two sides met last season, the eventual AFC championship runners up, the Titans were shut out by the Joe Flacco led Broncos 16 to nothing at mile high. The Titans could get nothing going on the ground. Here's a stat for you. They rushed for just 39 yards on 21 carries. This Titans running game, while Denver piled up 103 yards on the ground and their single touchdown for the game came from those 30 carries. There were just 23 combined first downs here as Marcus Mariota went seven for 18 for 63 yards and two interceptions before being replaced by Ryan Tannehill. The following week, Tannehill would complete 23 of 29 for 312 yards with two touchdowns and one interception as the Titans beat the Chargers 23 and won eight of their final 12 games with Tannehill at the helm. This could be a sneaky, interesting game. Uh, Denver has the future locked up. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, in their, with their second-year rookie quarterback, Drew Locke, who went 4-1 in his five games in 2019, including an impressive 38-24 win over Houston. And they have some pieces around him in Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, and Noah Fant. They also have Von Miller and potentially a healthy Bradley Chubb, who missed, I think, most of, if not all, of the 2019 campaign. The Titans are looking to play the hits from last season, having locked up both Tannehill and Derrick Henry, and will be hoping for more defensive production after adding Jadeveon Clowney to a one-year $12 million contract. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody in between, I'm seeing Orange in a pretty significant way. I think Drew Locke comes okay. in here, makes a statement. They win 24 to 21, and I'm putting in 10 confidence points on the Denver Broncos to get the job done against the Tennessee Titans. I think teams are going to be a little oh. wiser this season to the Titans play action game. More importantly, I think that uh, uh, playing at a higher altitude uh, is what could have cost the Titans in that run game. Perhaps uh, trying to get some oxygen into Derrick Henry was a little tougher at mile high. And that's why I've got the Broncos taking advantage and Drew Locke is going to beat them 24 to 21. Lock it up with 10 confidence points. Jack. Woohoo. This is, uh, this is going to be interesting. I feel very much the same. I think that the Titans are good. Obviously. I think I think Derrick Henry is going to have a really good game. I think Tannehill, Tannehill is going to do what he does best, which is not throw a lot, but when he throws, he throws accurately and well. But I, I do see this 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 Denver resurgence. I do see Drew Locke having a breakout game. But I'm, I've saved my my one confidence point for the last game. So I'm not really that confident in either team. I'm just going to give it to the Titans because I want Derrick Henry to go well because he's on my fantasy team. 
<laughs> but it could go either way. It really could. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with the Titans. One confidence point. <laughs> David, bring us home. Okay, so I feel like this is going to be a blowout one way or the other. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be close. Um, and I'm giving it to Denver. I think Denver's going to win 38 to 17. <laughs> what I think is going to happen is that it's going to be close at halftime. And then, and Jake referenced it, that oxygen deprivation is going to kick in. And I feel like the the Titans are going to come out in the third quarter and try and hit the gas and it's not there. And I feel like they may get shut out or held to a field goal in the second half. Uh, I think Denver who has been training in the altitude is going to be used to it. Um, so I've got Denver winning 38 to 17. Having said that, I can easily see it going the other way. I don't think it's going to be close no matter who wins. Mm. I feel, I, I feel like no matter which way it goes, it's going to be close at, at the first half, and one of the two teams is going to come out in the second half and not have it. And my bet is that it's going to be on – is that Tennessee is going to be the one to not have the gas. And so I'm going to place two whopping confidence points on Denver. <laughs> what am I doing out here on Drew Locke Island with 10 points in yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Look, there You're is a bit there. of self-interest. Drew Locke is my backup quarterback in the fantasy league. Uh, but look, there's also just observationally, I thought Drew Locke showed a heck of a lot last season um, for the Broncos. And I think this defense, if they get Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on the field at the same time, I think they can cook up some pressure on Ryan Tannehill. I think they've got the bodies to, to try and make an impact in Derrick Henry. I mean, they did it last season and they didn't have Bradley Chubb. So give me the Broncos. I might go down in flames, but I don't care. I want something fun to root for in the, in yes. the final game of the week. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody in between, we made it through all. We did it. All the games. We've given you all the games, all the preview. You don't need to go anywhere else for any other information because you got it all here because that's how generous and knowledgeable and wise we are. You know, we just, we've got a far reaching yeah. wisdom uh, amongst the three brains on this podcast. So you can just go, go to the bank, lock those, lock all of those up. Um, particularly that Denver at 10 confidence points, definitely go out and put your house on that one uh, or don't. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to call it up there. We're at an hour 25. I've had great fun. Have you guys enjoyed yourselves? Oh, yes. That was yes. very fun. This is a blast. Yes. Awesome. It's been fun to spin around the league. So look, look forward to uh, doing the, the second week of NFL picks and previews with you guys next week. There'll be episodes before then. I think I've got a week five hard knocks recap to come and, and some other stuff as well. Until next time, you guys have been great. We have been reasonable. It's the JBFE. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for joining us on the Jake Motel Football Experience. 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Jake Botel Football Experience and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, we invite you to support the JBFE on Patreon and you'll receive additional exclusive bonus content. Thank you again for joining us at the JBFE.